where do you stand right now in life and what are you doing to align your aspirations and your actions? Now, these are completely basic, simple questions, and they have been asked probably since the onset of humanity. But when you're at a crossroad in life, then they are really powerful tools to think, well, if I came under a truck tomorrow, what would I regret? From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a long career as an employed professional. Today on Going Solo, I'm speaking with the creator and catalyst of Pose, Cornelia Walter. Cornelia quit her job at the UN and went on a sabbatical. It's a fascinating story about our own struggle between comfort and change. Stay with us to hear all the details. One of the points you'll hear from Cornelia is the power of connecting your ideas with people. In the Smashing the Plateau community, we provide a platform for sharing your ideas in a safe, caring environment so you can get important feedback as you try to implement your ideas in your area of specialization. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Cornelia Walter. Following two decades in the humanitarian sector, Cornelia quit to focus on POSE, a paradigm for social change that begins with individual transformation. Over the past years, she has published a couple of books. Now Cornelia is expanding the network of like-minded thinkers and doers while making the POSE perspective and related methodologies accessible around the world. Cornelia, welcome to the show. Hi, David. Thank you for having me. Tell me a little bit about your career and work. Well, I think I'm one of those people who have slipped in many boxes and eventually found that she doesn't fit anywhere. So I was always driven by this desire to change the world. Even so, in hindsight, I know how delusional that is. But so I started out as an actor thinking that I could show people on stage how the world could be. And that way they would behave accordingly. Well, obviously that didn't work. So I changed and became a lawyer, thinking that, well, if you put out the right rules, then there will be the right behavior. Well, that did not work out either. So I decided, well, I'll do something. At least I try and go join the humanitarian action. So I have been working for something like 18 years mostly in West Africa, but also Afghanistan and Haiti. And while I was working in Congo, I actually did my PhD on this gap between what countries have committed to on paper, like the Convention of the Right of the Child that all countries but the U.S. have signed, and the reality that I witnessed every day, where children were lacking the bare minimum. And so... I left with a big chunk of paper and a nice title, but a much bigger question. Well, how can we shift from telling people what they have to do towards moving, making them want to do it, generally desire? And that brought me to Posé, which is based on the understanding that when the four dimensions that make us who we are aspirations, emotions, thoughts, and sensations are in sync, then this desire arises naturally. And 
posée, just to conclude on that, means in a piece in Haitian Creole where the movement started in 2017. And yeah, and then I came to New York and began to write books and roll out the methodology. Why New York? Initially, I had an offer from a university in Australia to join their Center for Humanitarian Leadership, which ultimately didn't work because of visa issues. But, you know, when you have made up your mind that there is a change that is needed. And so in hindsight, it all worked out beautifully well. So you left your last paid job voluntarily. Yes, because over the past more or less 10 years, I had one question arise in my mind on a regular basis. Am I bringing in the best of myself to bring about the results that I want and the change that I want to see? And even so, I was checking in with myself and always came to the conclusion, well, I work for the organization that I believe in the organization that has the most beautiful mandate in the world to make that world better, happier. But then over time, there were at the same time questions creeping in about the efficiency of that. And when you're part of a machine that you have dwindling faith in, then you ultimately question yourself because you help to keep that machine alive. So I took a sabbatical and wrote the first book, which came out. And in the process of writing it, I realized it's kind of useful for people to get a bit of my own story and the kind of change that Posey can bring in the humanitarian sector. So I wrote another book, which also came out, and then COVID happened. And it seemed like if there's one moment in time where we need a change in perspective, it's now. So I wrote another book, which also came out. And then the two last ones, they focus on technology and the power of aspirational algorithms of taking social change to drastic scale. And the last one is on inspirational leadership. So why a sabbatical rather than going to another organization as an employee? Because the organization that I took the sabbatical from is the one where I still believe that it has the potential to bring the change I hope will happen one day. And having reached the stage where I was wondering about the efficiency of the machinery that I was part of, I thought, well, for right now, take a step back, put things into perspective until I'm sure what I can offer and maybe try to bring the change that I want to see rather from the inside out, from the outside in. Okay, makes sense. And and how is that uh, change effort going from the outside in? Well, it's work in progress, as we say. And I think I have seen what happened over the past three years exceeded by far my expectations. And maybe if, if that's useful for your listeners, I can give a snapshot of Posey since this is indirectly or directly related to everything I say. It's based on the understanding that human existence 
is part of two spheres on the individual level, aspirations, emotions, thoughts, and sensations. And at the collective level, individuals that are part of communities, that are part of countries, and ultimately form planet Earth. Now, who we are, what we do, and what we become depends on the interplay of these twice four dimensions, which makes life and living an organic kaleidoscope. But society and institutions usually focus on a very limited radius within this kaleidoscope, which means that we're not only failing to address all of these dimensions, but maybe worse, we're failing to address the potential for an optimization of the interplays. And this is not just airy-fairy talking, but the books were actually meant to establish a scientific foundation to the saying that social change starts from the inside out. Because the interest of understanding the multidimensionality is that it makes the abstract saying, we can change the world, something very concrete and pragmatic that begins at the core of the center of this kaleidoscope, the aspiration of individuals for meaning. And, and is there a particular niche or narrow focus that you want to tap into initially with this paradigm? Well, there are four methodologies and programs that have developed over time and that have been used with both the UN, with small NGOs, with businesses, with individuals. And that is, first of all, Purpose for Power, which is used in schools, but also for social frontline workers. And it was prototyped in Haiti. And which looks at the empowerment of individuals who work for others, because ultimately you can give outside only what you have found inside. The second one is compassion for change and which is tailored for organizations that are dedicated to social transformation to help them live up to their potential of bringing change. The third one is influence for impact, which is about understanding the brain, understanding how decisions are made and how they can be influenced consciously to make decisions that are in the individual interest and the collective interest. Now people like to link that to nudging, but it's much more than that. And the last one is honesty for humility, and that is coaching for individuals at all levels of their career, but in particular, the executive level. So Cornelia, can you walk me through an example of how this has been deployed. You, you mentioned that you, you've you done this in schools and in front with frontline workers. So I can give you two examples, actually. One was what we did in Haiti and which was with 25 local organizations, social workers that are working in high-risk areas in Port-au-Prince with young people at risk. And the objective of a training like that is to, in the first stage, give the individuals the tools to understand and process their own traumatic experiences. In a second stage, give them the tools to share these understandings, these new experiences, this new approach 
to living with the young people they are working with and in a third stage coaching on the job. So it is tailored to overcome a trap that social programs very often fall prey to that everybody's excited in the training in the conference room and then all of a sudden reality hits and everything goes back to normal. So this one is tailored to fit with reality. And another one is something that I did recently with the, the UN in Papua New Guinea and which is aimed at giving individual staff members tools to process their own experiences, both professionally and personally, through the angle of what's my purpose? What's the best that I bring to the mission that we seek to accomplish together? And at the same time, how can I help this team bring out the best. What were the outcomes in these two cases? Well, the first one exceeded, I must confess, by far my expectations. And there has been a second cohort the year after. And we did some six months and one year evaluations. And both the people themselves, but also their peers, and maybe most importantly, the young people they were working with, they had a measurable improvement in their well-being, but also feeling in terms of the interactions. And in terms of the second one, well, it's too early to come up with any kind of long-term results because it just happened. But the feedback, both from local staff and from expatriates, was overwhelmingly positive. And I can give you more examples, but it's it seems to work. That's great. So here's a question that comes up with many people that that are going through the kind of transition that you've described, that you've gone through over the last several years, which is they've been inside an organization or maybe inside sequential organizations as an employee for at least a couple decades in their career. And they also see the potential to be able to be more effective as a change agent if they become independent and they start their own consulting business. The challenge that many people like this face is, particularly if they try to to devote some initial time to self-reflection, like you've done with a a sabbatical-type period where they may be doing research, writing, etc. The challenge is, while they were employed, they were earning steady income, right? And then they go out on their own. And particularly if you spend some time doing something that has a self-reflective quality in the beginning, there generally is very little, if any, income. And it takes time to build up income as a solo consultant or whatever, whatever your business model is. What advice would you have for somebody like that if they want to be more effective by doing their own thing? How can they combine what it is, their skills and experiences that they've developed over the years of their career, along with this self-reflective process, and yet still manage to support their lifestyle? I might have a part of an answer, but 
I think I was very fortunate because I don't have children, so I don't have any kind of immediate obligations. And I was able to put back some some reserves, so to say, while I was working in the field. So I didn't have that immediate pressure. And I, to this day, seek to majoritarily offer everything I do with Posé for free, because I believe that social change shouldn't be conditioned by your ability to pay for it. But I hear you and I heard this problem many times, also when coaching people who were thinking about change. And what I find very grounding and very helpful is that when you focus on the four macro questions, the why are you here, who are you as a human being without your titles, without your status, without your career, where do you stand right now in life? And what are you doing to align your aspirations and your actions? Now, these are completely basic, simple questions. And they have been asked probably since the onset of humanity. But when you're questioning, when you're at a crossroad in life, then they are really powerful tools to think, well, if I came under a truck tomorrow, what would I regret? And I guess that was for me always the game changer that thinking about your life and it can happen from one moment to the next. I mean, the expiry date is built into our human nature and we like to not think about it, but it's going to happen. I promise. And keeping that a little bit more at the forefront of our decision making, it becomes easier to distinguish between I need this and this and that, and this and this and that, actually, well, maybe I don't need it that much. Maybe it's more a question of comfort that is not as heavy on the scale as what I want to get done in this life. Wow. Well, congratulations on your courage and determination to make a change in the world and to be bold and step forward and take charge the way you have over the last few years. Thank you. But maybe just one after sentence on what I just said. It is extremely uncomfortable. So I absolutely won't deny that, that it involves a lot of really uncomfortable self-interrogation to come to this stage where you step out of your lukewarm comfort zone. Change and growth tend to be uncomfortable. Yes, but it's so pleasant afterwards, right? Yes, yes. And you can't get there without the discomfort. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wash me, but don't use water, right? <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Cornelia, what's your dream for this, this initiative, this effort? Where would you love to see things go? I hope that it will be accessible to a maximum of people around the world and that it really becomes a tool, a way of reframing our own thinking about what is possible. Because ultimately, it's the biggest gift that you can offer somebody is to find the power that lies within and to come to the understanding that no matter 
who you are, what you have, what you know, and where you stand. You are the master of your own decisions. Nobody can take that away from you. And I don't say that this is always a comfortable realization. Absolutely. And by all means, not. But it's a huge realization in terms of this is the power that I tend to give away every day. Like, I just hand it out without even acknowledging it. So I think that's my hope, that it's becoming something really useful. I always say, oh, no, I'm not an author. I, I'm not I'm not even going to do a PhD because I don't believe in books that stay on the shelves. And so this was not the objective of putting Pusey on paper. It's meant to be a tool that is alive and that keeps on growing just like people evolve. That's so wonderful. Cornelia, we've covered a lot of territory in a short amount of time, and these are not light ideas. If somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed or access any of the resources that you have, where would be the best place for them to go? Well, I'm delighted if they get in touch with me. They can find me on LinkedIn. Then there is also the website. Then there are the books. They are all available, I guess, in the follow-up mail or on the launch of this podcast episode. But also um, you can find them when you Google my name and you put Springer. They are all available online. And everybody is welcome in this network of like-minded thinkers and doers. So please reach out. And Cornelia, what's the link that they should that they should go to? What URL? LinkedIn. It's slash Cornelia Walter. Okay, great. Cornelia, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Going Solo and, and share a little bit of uh, your background and, and what you've been up to. My guest today has been Cornelia Walter. Thank you again, Cornelia, for joining us. Thank you. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. On today's episode, Cornelia Walter talked about the power of connecting your ideas with people. In the Smashing the Plateau community, we provide a platform for sharing your ideas in a safe, caring environment so you can get important feedback as you try to implement your ideas in your area of specialization. Check out the Smash in the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashintheplateau.com. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.